Okay. And we're back. Sex in the office, ladies and gentlemen. With some sound updates. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. We got a... Actually, the last time we shot this episode, we had all of this new gear, but none of it was hooked up. And then... Steph decided to stop waiting around for me to connect all the wires <laughs> and did it herself. And because I'm a tech genius. Yes. She's very proud of herself, as she should be, because it's really cool. <laughs> <laughs> it's really cool and it's fairly complicated. So we have new year. I'm sure you can tell. You should be able to tell a difference in our in our recording. New gear, mm-hmm. new same room, but we we have plants. plants and lights lights and stuff on the walls like this is really starting to feel like a little studio so mm-hmm. yeah and at fun. first andrew was embarrassed by not embarrassed by it but he was like it's not turning out the way we wanted this doesn't look anything like <laughs> that's your voice that's how i sound <laughs> yeah nice <laughs> no but he he did such a great job hanging everything on the walls today, and it's really looking awesome. And it just made me want a podcast so bad. So we were we weren't even going to do this today. Like, but here we are, last day of twenty twenty three. Mm hmm. That is right. So we won't see. <laughs> <laughs> I was going to make wait. a corny New Year's joke. Oh. And then it <laughs> I was waiting for the cricket. Uh, <laughs> so we were thinking of just shooting the shit today but maybe talking about like every episode (laughs) (laughs) yeah i know normally we're very structured and (laughs) you know exactly what you're gonna get but yeah this in this episode i just thought we could start on the last year how we felt about it you want to go first go for it Um, we say go Okay. Three, two, one. <laughs> Fine. I think this year was good for me. I think I I feel like I've grown. I feel like I found a way to stay connected to friends and make better friends. Uh, not better. I shouldn't say that. <laughs> Sorry to any of my friends listening. <laughs> listening. Um, make just an understanding of friendships and what makes strong friendships. And that meant reconnecting with friends I've had and strengthening those relationships. And it also meant starting with stronger relationships from the ground up. Um, so and, uh, talk about that. that a little bit more because I know that, and it, I think there's actually some data that backs this up, which is that like people feel really lonely right now. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, I think um, when it came to, I think it started with you having prioritizing your friendship so much to the point where you were calling friends like on a weekly basis. And I'm just like, what the fuck? (laughs) What guy does this? Like, I really was confused by it because I didn't know anybody who like, I never dated someone like that. I just didn't know of anyone who was so on top of like staying in touch with people. And I was like, what's he doing? He's calling, he's calling Adam again. Like, he's calling, like why is <laughs> Brody calling again? <laughs> like that was literally two weeks ago. Like chill. <laughs> um, and yeah, it was just like at first, like a confusion and like, okay, are they like all obsessed with each other? <laughs> like what's happening? 
Um, and then I realized like, wow, like they're so supportive. They're, they joke around so much. You have all like your group chats going on where it's just like you, you have an experience with a group of people and then you connect them all and you keep the connection there. Like it stays alive versus I think most people when they have an experience with a bunch of people, they don't go out of their way to keep a connection or, and, and definitely don't strengthen it. You know, most people I would say. And I think you, I just saw, I spent a year just witnessing you being so mindful of that, not only with like the friendships you've had for years, but also when we would meet new people and have new experiences and how you were so active and like getting numbers and keeping us in a group chat and like planning something next. And it was like, wow, like this is like a whole another job. (laughs) It seems like at first it seemed really stressful to me. And I'm like, how does he do that? Um, but I'm sure it's like with anything else, when you build a skill around it, it probably becomes easier and more natural. Is that true? Like, do you, did you ever feel like that was like a lot to take on or did you always feel like it was a natural, easy thing for you to do? Natural. Um, yeah, I guess in some ways it was natural, you know, like I was, I was the person in high school who would host the parties. I mm. was the person in college who would host parties. So in that sense, I guess I've been doing it in some way, shape, or form since I was young. Got really far away from it. I think I felt sort of disenchanted with some of my friendships during certain periods of life. And then got back in touch with that side of of myself and and really improved it and, and took it a much, uh, I think healthier direction yet to me it doesn't feel like it doesn't feel hard it doesn't feel draining frankly I don't feel like I put that much time into it I don't know it's it's just sending people text messages and um there's some basic principles that are maybe important that I follow that I have just sort of figured out for myself to make sure it works like first thing I find that I just need to set a place and a time and then whoever shows up, shows up. Mm -hmm. I I don't try to spend a whole lot of time coordinating things, especially if you're just talking about like grabbing coffee over a weekend or having people, friends over for a game night or being somewhere like you just don't have to put that much effort into deciding when and where you're going to meet. Mm. it's like if I want to see someone for coffee, it's like, hey, are you free Saturday morning? Let's grab coffee. Mm-hmm. And that's it. Or if we're going to have people over, I don't, like you'll see in the group text, like it's, I'm never asking everyone like, hey, what time works for you? What time works for you? It's just like, hey, you know, this date around this time, come over, we're having people over. And then some people can show up, some people can't. Um, some people mm-hmm. just aren't interested I think the harder thing for me having dealt with being more of a people pleaser in the past is initially was, and and still I feel a sense of like, uh, you know, can feel a sense of like rejection or there's like a fear of what if they don't show up? Like what if, what if they don't come? So even as much as I coordinate social things and, and have, uh, friends and bring people together, I still feel, that but that doesn't mean I'm not going to do it um 
So yeah, I think setting the place and the time and letting whoever shows up show up is super important because then I'm not spending all this mental energy jumping through hoops trying to make it work for everyone. It's just yeah. like it's too it's too hard. Uh, figuring out how to not take things personal, like it's just it isn't personal. If someone doesn't show up for whatever reason, there's an infinite number of reasons that that could be. So not taking it personal helps a lot because yeah, then I'm not like being sad or disappointed if if people don't come. And then yeah. the, the the third thing is I I do things that I want to do. <laughs> like mm. I have people over and it's like I want to have people over for a game night. It's because I want to play games. If I'm having people <laughs> over because I want to like you know do a potluck and and feed people, it's because I that sounds fun. Or a movie night. Like last night we I I probably hit up ten different people, ten of our neighbors, to ask if they want to join for movies, and only two of them um, ended up being able to to make it. But you know I felt like watching movie with with friends and and i also chose the movie (laughs) so like you know it's it's i'm doing i'm doing what i want when i want where i want you know and it's like if people want to come great i think that's a big at least from my perspective based on my past and why i used to view this as something that was so hard to do was i was so maybe you could call this people pleasing or might just be like afraid to leave my introverted situation but I would I would find myself in relationships with people who were very indecisive like me when it came to going out or doing something so I would like always find myself oh my god fireworks right here in front of our window oh my yeah, god yeah there's gonna be we're gonna be seeing a lot of oh those tonight. that was cool um anyway <laughs> um and I would find myself in these texts with people being like, Oh, what do you want to do? Like, Oh, I don't care. What do you want to do? Oh, I don't know. Maybe we could do this. Yeah. If the weather's okay. Yeah. Okay. (laughs) If the weather's okay, we'll do it. And then the day came and the weather would be fine, like totally fine. And we're like, um, so what do you think about that? Like, it's kind of nice out. Like we can, uh, I don't know. I'm kind of thinking of staying in maybe, maybe next weekend. And like, it was always like that always. And I think that's why it felt so draining, at least like witnessing you actually taking action on doing things with people that even felt like, Oh my God, that must be even more draining because he's actually doing the things. (laughs) But then I realized, wow, it's actually probably less draining because he's making a decision. He's just putting it out there. Like he's inviting who he wants to invite. And then it happens and it's a fun time. And when you have a fun time, especially with people you enjoy being around, it kind of like feeds you. Like it kind of gives you energy and like, it's not drain. It's the opposite of draining, you know, like all the experiences I've had this year with you and your friends have been, you know, nothing but like energizing and fun and good memories to look back on. So it's like, wow, like it's actually not draining (laughs) when you actually, when you take the action. And I think there are a lot of people who just, are probably in the same boat as me where they're just like not decisive enough. And maybe that comes from a people pleasing nature of like, Oh, I don't want to say the wrong thing. Cause then they won't want to do that. Or I don't want something to be my idea. And then it turns out it sucks. And then it's my fault, you know, like having that whole mentality around it. So I think, um, yeah, that was a big eye opener for me to realize that like it, it, it's definitely not draining when you take the action and do it. And also, um, I had another point, but 
I'll probably get back to it. Well, also, if you're doing it for other people, then I think that makes it a lot more difficult and scarier because then if it doesn't go well or people don't show up, I could I would imagine that that could be irritating. I I think of all of this, like I just said, I, I do what I want, when I want, where I want. So I'm kind of doing it for myself because I also want to see my friends. I get I'm realizing how selfish you are. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> no, but seriously, like selfishly all also. All this time. <laughs> selfishly also, like I have a lot of people that I want to see and spend time with and mm-hmm. I don't have the time to spend, you know, with everyone individually. So, which you know, is also one of the downsides of, of having relationships like this is like when you're not spending time with people one-on-one, um, you don't necessarily get a great opportunity to form a deep bond Mm. with individual people. And one thing you have to, one thing I've, I've learned through coordinating a lot of, you know, things where I'm hanging out with people is that 99% of the time there is no reciprocation. Mm you the people you invite to hang out um the people you who end up showing up even the people who show up consistently to the things that i organize don't ever turn around and then invite me to hang out or do you think they're doing things and just not inviting you or are they people who just don't oh for sure i'm sure yeah i mean i'm sure they're just they have friends they have their own little um they could be those people who are they, like... We're talking about, you know, hundreds of people over the course of okay. several years. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> no, trying so to play devil's advocate. No, yeah. I mean, I'm sure, I'm sure to some degree you're right, but also I don't think the people, the people who don't actually have really anything going on in their life, I also don't necessarily know are the people who are showing up to these things because people who show up to these things, they have a lot to talk mm-hmm. about and they're usually living relatively full lives. Um I don't really know what it is. And it's kind of a weird, I know that other people have experienced the same thing who are like me, who have people over or coordinate. Like it's just for whatever reason, people don't think to or care to reciprocate it. And um, so my point was like, you just have to be okay with that. I've, I've mm. had to, you know, I, I not hold grudges. Do you still invite those people? Yeah, like, I, I invite everyone consistently, even if they don't show up over and over and over again. Like if I think they're cool, if I think they're a good person, it just doesn't take anything for me to send a text message and let them know when yeah. and where we're going to do something. Um, and if they come, they come. Great. And the people who, you know, then, yeah. Have you ever called anyone out on it? On what? On like them never inviting you to anything? No. No, it's just not worth it. Yeah, I mean, I what's the point, <laughs> you know, like No, uh, just being like, hey, like it kind of like, you know, rubs you in the wrong way or like But it doesn't it doesn't rub me the wrong way. That's the thing. And and if oh. it, if if it did rub me the wrong way, then um I wouldn't do this because I would just be setting myself up for disappointment constantly. Mm. So it's you're like this th- isn't bothering you. It's just an awareness. Yeah, it's just an awareness thing and and something that um I didn't necessarily expect. Mm. Uh, the more I did this. And also, I think the thing that was most surprising for me is is how, like I said, it it's really is like 99% of, of, of people do, don't reciprocate. Yeah. So, you know, I, I just wouldn't have expected that. Um, you always be invited to my parties. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, You'll babe. probably be hosting them, but yeah. it's fine. <laughs> um, 
<laughs> oh, I forgot. I remembered my other point. Mm-hmm. Um, the other thing I realized by witnessing you is that keeping in touch and staying connected with your friends, like Adam and Brody <laughs> examples I used earlier, is that I used to have the mentality that like, oh, to call a friend is like a big deal. I don't know if that's a millennial thing that like we all like there's all the jokes going around where it's like, if you call me, I won't answer like text me. And that's true for like I I've had my best friends call me and I just let it go to voicemail because I'm like, oh, I'll text them later and then maybe we'll schedule a call because I would think of a call as such a huge deal and like such a large amount of time. And like, I'd have to dedicate this time and it would be dra- like, it would take all this energy. And that was just like this weird belief I had that I didn't realize I had until you were just like picking up the phone. Like when someone called, like when your friends would call and then you talk to them for like 10 minutes and, or sometimes longer, sometimes shorter, but like, you would just be like, Hey man, like, what's up? Like, like just get right to the point. Or, or, and, you know, even schedule time, like on a weekend to catch up with them fully for like an hour. And I was like, why am I like so afraid, not afraid, but like, why do I feel like that's such a like huge chunk of time? And like, it wouldn't be a waste of time. Like I'd be talking to someone who's important to me in my life and who I love and care about, you know, best friend or family member. And so it really got me thinking. And, and I mean, just like recently I've been telling my girlfriends to just, you know, call me and, and, um, setting up calls with them just to check in and just like telling them, Hey, I want to like do this more. Like, I think like we shouldn't be afraid to just like, like text each other and be like, Hey, you want to hop on the phone for 10 minutes? Like there's something to tell you or, or just call and don't even text. Um, And I told two of them that so far specifically because I'm like, I would really love to change that habit and to just not think of it as such a huge time block because it doesn't have to be. Because I can resonate with the people who are very lonely. I went through a, a real period of loneliness living by myself in New York City. And it was it was really hard. And I I, you know, coming out of that like being on the outside was when I understood what I was doing to keep myself lonely when it was really up to me. And I think that, you know, if you're feeling lonely right now and you're listening to this, just, just know that, you know, it doesn't, it's, it might be your fault. It might be your fault. <laughs> Babe. <laughs> it's probably your fault. Yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, I mean, I think people do want to blame it on other things, just like I wanted to blame it on other things. Like, oh, New York City's people are only care about their own friends, which I do think like there are a lot of uh, cliques in New York. Like, I do think that's a true thing. Um, but that doesn't mean you can't go out of your way to work a little harder to join groups or yeah, and that's also um, true people. everywhere. That's true in Sacramento. Yeah. It's true in L.A. It was true. I mean, in Austin, Asia. you go in the elevator and make a friend. So that's I true. Don't know. Austin is like the one place. <laughs> I don't know. If it's true everywhere. <laughs> it's it's kind of hard not to make friends here. Yeah. <laughs> it's like weird, but yeah. So I, 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 I just you know look at yourself. Look at the the habits you might have around the people you keep in touch with now, who like actually are your friends. If you have one or two friends, really ask yourself like, am I going out of my way to like stay connected to them, and like what am I doing to do that? And you know when was the last time I actually engaged with someone new or tried to get to know somebody else and like 
had something to bring to a conversation and showed curiosity, you know, like there's, there's so much we can, we can do to get out of the trap of loneliness. Like you don't have to be stuck there and sit there. Cause I know it's not fun and, um, you have, you have control over it more than you think. Yeah. And I think also it, it helps, it helps to just make it easy for the other person. Like that's the other nice thing about being the one to recommend a date, a place at a time is I realize mm-hmm. that most people are not going to organize and, and provide that kind yeah. of suggestion and take action. So the other way I think about it is like, I'll just make it easy for everyone because no one wants to it's exactly what you're talking about. It's like, no one really wants to spend the energy and, and time to, you know, coordinate hanging out. Um, why does it, why do you think that's so common that so many of us don't want to do that? Do you think it's mostly fear of rejection or do you think it's mostly like overwhelm anxiety of like planning? I don't know. Like, cause I know you're a unicorn. I know most people aren't <laughs> like, oh, I'm going to host this. And then in this month I'm going to host this <laughs> and then this month I'll plan a trip with a bunch of people. <laughs> yeah. I don't know. I mean, there's lots of different reasons. I think for some people, uh, they have a hard time getting over the anxiety that is created by the fear of rejection. For some people, they do what you did and they just feel like, you know, they have these weird mental justifications for feeling like, you know, committing to something is uh, takes a lot of energy and time. For some people, they... Um, they just choose to prioritize other things and, uh, you know, dealing with people in any way, shape or form comes with dealing with their emotions and dealing with a lot of what ifs. And it's a lot easier to just jump on social media and and be entertained endlessly for hours. Mm -hmm. It's a lot easier to watch TV. It's a lot easier to stay in with your partner and just not have to deal with the risk of anything that comes with, relationships with other people. Um, for some people, I think they're maybe also just uh, busy. I mean, I mm-hmm. think some people, I can't really speak. It's easier for me to sit here and say this and say I coordinate all these things and I take all this action and I I also don't have kids. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I don't have a family member that I have to take care of. So there's a lot of freedom and flexibility in, I guess, my my lifestyle for sure that 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 is a luxury but i i do think it's important to to note though that you know just because you have kids you can maybe look at it more like oh you just missed it <laughs> i'm seeing all the fireworks and every time andrew turns his head he misses it <laughs> um cuz i had i had client uh clients before who told me they had felt kind of like they were falling into the nice guy trap with their partner Um, because they lost their friendships and they were relying on her so much that it became like, like the guy had no life besides her and his partner. And, um, and my one client was really upset about it. And he was like, you know, I used to go out with my guy friends and like, you know, since we, now we just, now we both have kids and like, we, we can hardly get together. And I was like, well, like, what do you think about calling him? Like, when was the last time you called him? And he was like, 
you know, I don't have time. And I was like, do you have like 10 minutes this week to call him and just check in? And he was like, yeah, I mean, I definitely have 10 minutes. I feel like he'd want to talk longer. And I was like, why don't we just start with 10 minutes? Just go for the 10 minutes and just, just see how he's doing. Like, just like start with a small step for the two of you. And even just tell him like, so he's not overwhelmed. Hey buddy, I got 10 minutes. Just wanted to check in or whatever. However you guys talk. And, um, (laughs) (laughs) Hey buddy, buddy. I like, that's like how my dad talks. (laughs) Oh, I don't know. I don't know. I'm not making fun of you if you talk that way, but But yeah, so he was like, okay. And then, you know, next time I spoke with him, our next session, he was saying how nice it was to check in and how they talked for like a half hour. And he was like, I'm really glad I did that. Like I haven't, I haven't felt like I was with one of the guys, um, in quite a while. And like, I really missed it. So I I think there is, you know, the, the time frame, like just thinking like, oh, that will take so much more time. And we like, it doesn't, doesn't have to. Yeah, I'm not sure what the friction is there because I'm sure if people look at m- most people, almost all people can look at their life and add up the time they spend on social media, the time they spend yeah. watching yeah. TV, the time they spend, you know, just doing non-necessary things and can find time to call a friend for 10 minutes or 30 minutes or stay in touch with people. Uh, I mean, mm-hmm. even an hour a week. Um, I mean, if there's anything I've learned, it's that even, especially in business is that decision fatigue drags things. Out. I mean, of course it drags things out, but like it just causes more anxiety, causes more overwhelm when you're not just making a choice to just do it and plan it. You know, I, like we were talking about, like when I have a plan and then an exact action to take, I I do it. And somehow I get so much done in like so little time because I was just, I knew what I wanted to do. And I've had moments like that where I can look back and be like, holy shit, I got so much done in a day because I knew exactly what I was going to do. And I just committed and went for it. When I think a lot of the time I I can also have the mentality of like, you know, that's going to take a really long time. So let me push that off. Like that's going to take a while. So like, I'll do that next week. And I just keep pushing it off. And then I'm like, I keep thinking about it because I know it has to get done. And then I get stressed over it. And now it's this big stressful thing that I don't want to do because I have stress wrapped around it. And then it gets prolonged and prolonged. So yeah, I think it's really, if you can make a decision quickly, whether it's in business, whether it's your health, you know, if you're thinking about going to the gym, just like, and you're deciding, oh, should I do it now or later? Just like put on your sneakers and go. Like, don't let yourself think too much. I think, um, who is it? Mel Robbins has a five second rule. Don't wait longer than five seconds to make a decision. If it's floating in your head, you got five seconds, just go for it. I have to start doing that by the way. That's a good, (laughs) that's a good exercise for me. I think, um, as I'm saying this, I'm like, this is really good for me (laughs) to keep in mind. (laughs) And I want to start using the five second rule. Yeah. Most Mm -hmm. of our anxiety from these things comes about, comes from thinking about it. Mm Mm-hmm. As soon as, as soon as you do the thing, it's, it's never as time consuming, tiring. Yeah. It's never as bad as you think ever. So the anticipation of doing it is so much worse, especially if it's gnawing at you in the back of your head, like just so for that specific circumstance where someone is thinking about contacting a friend and just putting it off, putting it off. Yeah. But I also think you just don't have to over, overthink it. And, and Ultimately, it it just comes. It's it's an honest conversation with yourself about what your priorities are. My priorities are my relationships. 
that's just a decision that I made at some point. Was there something specific that made you make that decision? Yeah, I'm not sure. I don't, I don't know. I, I mean, I, I think something, it, it may have really gotten a kickstart after I read The Gifts of Imperfection by Brene Brown, because she talks about how one of the five qualities of the people who have the greatest ability to deal with difficult times is the ability to, one, be be vulnerable with uh, people who you trust, usually friends and family, and two is the ability to let those people support you when you're having a hard time. Mm. And I used to not be good at that. I used to be of most of my life. I've been of the mentality that I need to deal with things on my own. You know, after figuring out that, that was not working for me and then reading The Gifts of Imperfection at the same time that I was educating myself in other places, including coaching with you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I, you know, at that point, I decided that uh, whether things were going well or going bad, I was going to you know, uh, maintain communication with friends. And ironically, ever since that decision, life has not reached anywhere near the kind of low I was at at that point in my life. So having the support of my friends and being vulnerable with them and honest with them. Can you give an example of that? Like as a man, you realizing that you have to lean on your friends for support and be vulnerable with them like what's an example without getting too personal I guess obvious example is like if you're dealing with something like a a difficult relationship like with your partner because you can't talk to your partner about that or it's not that you can't talk to your partner about that you should be talking to your partner about that but it helps to have a sounding board that isn't your partner to think things through before Mm -hmm. you to help you address things with your partner to get another perspective another example from in my case would be something to do with with work uh potentially dealing with you know um, an employee or um a decision i have to make with a client it just helps to have someone to talk things through it really is ironic that ever since i've decided to be just totally transparent with my friends and go to them when I need help that I think it's actually made me a stronger person. And so I've been able to manage my life in a way that how I should move through life is clearer and easier to deal with on my own. Mm. Maybe because I know I'm not alone. Mm. I don't know. But it's, it's anything. So do you find I'm, you go to them less? Is that what you're saying? Or yeah, I'm, I'm, I find that I just don't need to go to them. Like I I don't, if I do need to go to them, I know they're there and I wouldn't hesitate. Um, I, so here's, a, here's an example that uh, you and I dealt with, which was before we decided to be in a monogamous, uh, monogamous relationship, we were talking about the long distance thing. I told you point blank, I want to talk to people that I trust about that mm-hmm. before I make a decision because the answer is like, I didn't know. And my gut was sort of telling me that that was not something I wanted to do. And so 
I went to my friends and I went to family. I, I probably spoke with like four different people, guys and girls, maybe five, and just ask for advice. Was able to get feedback and didn't have to think through that decision on my own and, and not have that, that support. So I think that's, a, that's probably a really relevant example for us, but it can be anything. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I just think of that as like a woman. It's just, we just naturally, I guess, do that our whole lives. Most of us, I'm sure not all of us. Yeah, I would never think twice about not asking for support from someone. I think that's just like, yeah, you just do that. But yeah. I know a lot of guys have to consciously talk through their ego or talk through their comparison. Yeah, I think a lot of guys have to be okay confronting uncomfortable emotions Mm -hmm. yes especially to another guy right that they respect or want respect from is that like a part of it uh i don't think it has anything to do for some guys maybe yeah Mm -hmm. i I, for me it i felt weak i felt like i should be able to handle things on my own and if i couldn't then i it made me feel weak Mm. Mm-hmm. And being vulnerable made me feel weak. Mm-hmm. And so I had to learn that being vulnerable required courage. And being courageous is strength. Mm-hmm. So being vulnerable actually required strength. And it didn't make me weak. It made me a strong person. Stronger. Yeah. Yeah. So if you're listening, that's what Brene Brown books book is all about. Actually, most of her books are about that message. But this one was Gifts of Imperfection. And there's... Dan- yeah, Gifts of Imperfection is, is about um, guilt and shame. And so there are different tools and frameworks she uses and, exa- you know, anecdotal examples she shares circling around how you deal with guilt and shame mm. and vulnerability Mm-hmm. The willingness to be vulnerable with people. Yeah, it's a good book. She's great. I wonder if her Netflix special is still up there. If it is, that's a good one to watch too. Probably, yeah. So we got to this because you were talking about your 2023. Oh yeah. <laughs> year in review. Um, yeah. No. So basically, I uh, that was a big takeaway. Yeah, I think I I think I grew in in a few ways, like just handling my health challenges, taking action around that, just having a completely different view of myself and my body this year was like a lot, a lot. And it it felt like it came with like a new mental battle I had to face to figure out like, who am I? How do I still talk to myself kindly when I don't feel like myself? How do I not panic? about like my body looking completely different um, after surgery and after a lot of digestive issues. I, I'm still working on that one, but it's been, it's been coming along. And I think uh, another huge lesson was just learning about myself a lot, being with you and living with you. Um, not only the friendship, you know, the friendship thing was one lesson, but I think another was just like being able to have different perspectives on things and to not get offended when other perspectives or ideas are shared with me. Andrew shares a lot of 
ideas on how to do things differently or how to think differently in certain situations. That's such a nice way of putting it. (laughs) Because I love you. (laughs) No, but I was, uh, it's funny because I was reading, I am currently reading John Gottman's book, The Seven Principles of Making Marriage Work. And he even said, he said in it in the last chapter, this is after we talked the other night, when you like called me out on the way I was talking about my aunt, I was really frustrated with something my aunt said. And Andrew's like, babe, you don't have to, you don't have to view it that way. Like, it's not that big of a deal. Like she's not a serious person. Stop taking it seriously. And then I read in the book like that night or the following morning. And it was like, it was like when your partner's frustrated with someone or something, you always want to be on their side, side with them. Don't tell them they need to think of it differently. (laughs) That's the total opposite of what Andrew does. (laughs) But I was like, I was, I was very kind of shocked that the book was saying that because I'm like, you know, would you, I get the whole thing was like trying to stay on the same team with your partner and kind of give them like space to vent and just like, and agree with them. So they feel like you're on, you know, I'm on your side, babe. I know like they really are. Like he was saying like gossip with your partner. (laughs) Wow. Yeah. He used the word gossip. Oh my God. And I was like, imagine I was like, wow, that seems so like weird. Like I, I didn't, Cause I was like, that is the opposite of what Andrew does. And I've told Andrew multiple times that in the moment, I don't like when he's giving me another perspective. Cause it's obviously it's frustrating. Like I'm pissed off at someone like explaining to him why this person's frustrating me or like making me angry. And he's like, babe, you can't see it that way. Like, listen to yourself. Like you don't have to do it this way. Like you can do this. Like you can think of it like this. So he's always testing the way I'm doing it and like calling me out. Um, And I've told him I appreciate it because I want to have a healthy perspective. I want to have more of a stoic way of viewing life so that I don't get all worked up. Um, But yeah, I was very interested in how Gottman was saying to basically do the opposite and just talk shit with your partner. (laughs) Yeah, that's interesting. And then did he talk at all about how you can revisit something with your partner afterwards? Because... Yeah, I I can't, I I do think there is, I think validating your partner's feelings is important. Hopefully I do a good job of not ever making you feel like you shouldn't feel a certain way. (laughs) 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 That's where the crickets are appropriate. I think you could probably do more validating because <laughs> there's not a lot of like, yeah, that makes sense. Or I get it. Like, it's yeah. just kind of straight to like, you don't have to do that. Yeah. And I think but I, th- well, I would rather you be giving me a different perspective than validating. Me. Yeah. And also, I think I'm I'm I think I under the most important circumstances, I, I yeah. do a good job. Yeah. I mean, if I'm really distraught, you're not just like, yeah, get over it. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> no, you're like hugging me and you're telling me it's it's probably hard. And, yeah, and it's like it's yeah. OK to not be OK. Yeah. And, yeah. You know, You've done that plenty of times. Yeah. All that. Um, and then. But I, but I think, you know, to your credit, I think um, I think I often do have this like worked up reactive 
way about me to, to people, to situations that can be easily perceived as frustrating. But also to your, to your family in particular, Mm, mm -hmm. you get more worked up about your family than I think anything else that I see you. I I do want to change that. So that's why I do appreciate when Andrew calls me out. But yeah, because what would that do? Like, how would that help me if you were just like, yeah, that sucks. Or that's like fucked up. screw your aunt. (laughs) Your aunt is a bitch. (laughs) Like, that wouldn't... That's the thing. I I don't... uh, Yeah, I I don't... um, Because it feels like I'm... I feel like I'm doing a really good job of knowing when to be very loving and just like really validate your feelings and be gentle versus when I know that you're acting in a way that you yourself don't even approve of because Mm -hmm. I know what your values are. And I think it's, it's, that's a good way to put it. Yeah. Yeah. Like if, if you're not acting in alignment with your values, I think that, you should call your partner out on that. Mm. So like, you know, I deep down don't want to be talking about my family that way or like getting worked up that way. Yeah. exactly. So that's why you call me out because you kind of snap me out of it. Yeah. Versus if I'm like really upset about something like having to do with my body post-surgery, like, and I'm talking down to myself because I'm feeling really insecure and I'm in pain. You're going to like be there for me. Yeah. And it's a different situation. Yeah. Yeah. That makes sense. Oh, we should write a book. <laughs> <laughs> How to throw write parties and validate, <laughs> validate your partner. Your partner. When... Um, anything you want to share for your lessons of 2023? I mean, so as of, uh, let's see, in, in a couple hours here, I'll have gone an entire year without smoking pot, mm. which was Mm -hmm. the biggest deal of the year for me because I I smoked pretty consistently for over 10 years, like 12 years, 13 years. So Mm. um, to not smoke was great. I'm glad I I didn't smoke at all this year. It was interesting because you hardly felt tempted, right? Like there were Yeah, and I knew that was going to be the case. Even when I had taken little breaks in the past, I, I never... Yeah, I never really had the urge to smoke. That's, I think that's why they say like pot is not addicting is because you don't create a, you create even as much as I smoked for as long as I smoked, my physiological reliance on it, you know, my, my, my one withdrawal was that maybe I didn't sleep great for a couple of weeks and I had really mm-hmm. vivid dreams for a couple of weeks and that was it but I had no real urge to smoke. And other than that, I, I didn't really have uh, any any major symptoms of, of not smoking even after having smoked. Well, then what, what was it about, because when we first started talking, when we were working together, you were trying to stop, but you like couldn't seem to do it. Yeah, because I was using it as a crutch to deal with stress. Okay. And that was also a period of time where I was dealing with a lot of stress and anxiety. You know, this last year, I just because of a lot of the growth I've gone through over the last couple of years, this last year has been the least stressed out, the least anxiety I've, I've ever dealt with in my life. 
Really? Even with all my shit? <laughs> yeah, I mean, I, yeah, it's, it's really not even close. Um, I suppose 2022 was uh, maybe similar in that sense, but mm. 22 and, and 23 were both years where all of the all of the things that I'd been trying to figure out when it comes to my own psychology and personal growth and stress management and stoicism and loving myself and just, just a lot of hard lessons learned really came together and, and created a couple of years of very low stress. Not because difficult things haven't happened, but just mm, because... Your reaction. Yeah, change. my ability to manage things. And also I'm not sabotaging myself which i've had a history mm. of of doing wait so. so what would you say replaced the weed if like you've had a very stress-free year this year um what have you been doing to i don't think anything has in the moments where i do feel some sense of stress or anxiety it is just catching myself uh and like recognizing almost with a like outsider perspective, how I'm feeling and how my thoughts are racing and how I feel anxiety. Like I, I, I now have the ability to observe stress and anxiety without identifying with it and, and reacting to it. So it's kind of like, it's kind of like if you're, I think really emotionally healthy people when you're you can be really sad and feel sad and observe that you are sad and not go into a and not react to it or be angry that's probably a, be, a better actually uh feeling um to describe being able to feel and observe and not react to that anger frustration that you that you have yeah, it's just the ability to process emotions. And then it's it's also, you know, if I, if I feel something and I it's I feel it strongly enough, then um, I can I can always go to my friends or family and, and talk things through with with them or with you. Yeah, I'm sure like having that feeling that freedom to talk to people, it definitely became like a healthy crutch for you. It's like you can lean on people mm -hmm. instead of weed. Yeah. I think there's been, there's probably a handful of times over the course of this year where, yeah, smoking sounded good. Never did it. It also yeah. helped that, actually, that's not true. In New York City, weed was weed was legal uh, mm -hmm. while we were there. So it, it would have been really easy for me to walk into uh, any dispensary on like several corners around <laughs> our apartment to, to get some, but I just stayed away from it. But your biggest, Andrew's biggest lesson was that. <laughs> yeah, ironically, my biggest lesson from not smoking weed was that uh, we did not actually like cause any problems. Yeah, cause a lot of the a lot of the things I was blaming weed for it turned out that it was me, <laughs> not the weed. Like I thought that I I would blame weed a lot for uh eating junk food and just thinking that like oh if i don't smoke weed then like i'm never gonna i'm gonna eat a lot less sweets and i'm gonna <laughs> eat a lot less junk food and 
not the case. Um, definitely not the case. Definitely not the case. <laughs> and and in fact, 2023 was almost the opposite because I am, was like the least uh, disciplined with my workout regimens as I've been in in years. So. Um, yeah, and ate just as much candy and junk food <laughs> as I as I as I ever have. Well, hopefully that changes. What like changes that I work out and yeah, eat yeah. Oh yeah. yeah, yeah, of course. That's the plan. I mean, it's still That's the plan for me too. That was definitely my yeah. I, I was on the same boat. Like I've never worked out this Yeah, this at least you had an excuse. <laughs> 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 you you had some uh legitimate reasons for uh, we'll get back. Other than that, 2023 was, it was just overall a good year. I mean, work-wise, the business grew from two full-time employees to five of us. No, mm. that doesn't seem right. One, two, three, four, five, six. Six full-time employees Woo. starting, yeah, starting in a couple days. It's amazing. So that's cool. And that growth, uh, obviously, adding employees comes from growing revenue and growing our, our client base. So that's all been <clears throat> super exciting going into the new year with a lot of momentum. So, but yeah, this year living in New York was great. Being with you was great. It was a pretty adventurous, fun, fun year. Yeah. We had a lot of little adventures too. Mm-hmm. A lot of little trips, groups mm-hmm. of people. Yeah. It's it just a, a solid, solid year we wrap on that yeah let's wrap <laughs> oh i feel better about the year again <laughs> i was like am i gonna remember this year as just like being sick and miserable but then like there's like there was actually so much fun new things that happened and living with you has been so fun and this apartment we're obsessed with so nice and fun new friends yeah we're mm-hmm. finishing off the year really well Happy New Year. Happy New Year, guys.